Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. DNVR Broncos live coming to you from Studio A here at a jam-packed DNVR bar two hours before puck drop. Of course, the A stands for avalanche as it has all uh, week. Yep. Uh, and... I love what I'm seeing right now. Uh, there's plenty of room. Like, I don't want to discourage anyone from coming down here. But for two hours before puck drop, it's looking it's looking nice down there. It's going to be a big night. I'm so fired up. Like, I also love that we have a booth to sit in because my legs are kind of tired from golfing all day. Yeah. But this is going to be <laughs> such a, a wild night. night for Hank and I. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just came from the Hope Kids Charity Golf Classic. What a great event they put on out there. Um, I have a good feeling they raised a lot of money. Me too. They did a great job of making sure if you came out and you participated in the tournament, you were chipping in for a good cause for the kids, mm-hmm. which I, I tip my cap to them for that. I think that's awesome. Uh, and we had an absolute blast. It was Henry and I and Eric Weedham, D-Line Co., you might know him, and uh, one of our great members, Michael Harrison, who played great today. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, I thought he was a great, great addition to the squad. Yep. And I can't thank those guys enough for reaching out to us. They just reached out to us a couple days ago. They're like, hey, do you guys want to come to play in our tournament? And we, we jumped in on it. I think we're going to partner with them with something in the future. Basically, what Hope Kids does is they get together with families, with children who are dealing with life-threatening illnesses, and just try to do cool things. Uh, how, you know, Whether it's a night out at the game or maybe they're going to do something cool here at the DNVR bar. Um, so really appreciate them. Couldn't say enough great things about the way they put that tournament on. I thought it was really well organized. Uh, a, a scramble with tee times, not a shotgun. I thought that was awesome. It was. Really helped pace of play. Uh, but I think we we posted a pretty low number, Henry. We really did. Yeah. I we I don't think we'll win just because it always takes like some freakish. Like there's always somebody who's like yeah. three shots in front of everybody because well, they cheated. And, and we, like there were some, you know, again, raising money for the kids. There were some like... If you paid like a thousand dollars on one of the holes, you could get a one on a par five. Like, we don't have it like that, um, <laughs> so we can't do those sorts yeah. of things. I'm sure someone out there did. The question is, are mm-hmm. they rich and good at golf? The problem uh, uh. is, usually those two things go together really well. They are correlated. <laughs> they are correlated. We we did so much to help those kids today, Ryan. We uh, I, we honestly did. We really did. We stretched ourselves pretty thin. <laughs> out there. We did. We did. But, I mean, it was a good day. Yeah. Got yeah. a couple free drinks. Got breakfast, burrito, and lunch. Awesome. Two cookies. Great stuff. Uh, so thanks again to Hope Kids. Okay. Our topic today is not the Colorado Avalanche, as tempting as that may be. Um, so tempting. We might talk a little bit about it. But one thing we haven't talked about yet on this podcast is who's going to be the tacklesman of this defense? You know, like that term? Uh, I, I think we can do better. It's like a marksman. It's in a way, except marksman like is what dope. do you call like the cowboys who a Love wrangler? Who? Yeah, is that what that is? Josie's kind of a wrangler. He kind of is a wrangler. He's got some wrangler vibes. He's also an angler. I think that's a term for someone who goes fishing. That is. Did yeah. You see, like yeah, the other day, he posted a picture. Really? He, caught, I think it was a muskie that was like this big. <sighs> see, I mean, that's a, when you're a pro athlete. Like, if you go fishing, somebody's going to take you to catch the biggest fish. Ooh. Like it, it becomes so this is like easier. money and golf goes together well, just like money and fishing goes yeah. together. Well. Like Derek Wolf just like hunted that bear and carried the bear out on his back. You're like, yeah, that. yeah. A lot of well, it just happened to be right before he got his second surgery that Ravens fans said they didn't think he needed. So the Ravens fans weren't happy about that either. Ravens fans are litigating whether or not a player needs surgery. There was a story that was written, and I can't remember where it was written. It was like some blog or something, but big enough to pop up for me to see it. Yeah. Basically saying Derek Wolf has been stealing money from the Ravens, and now he's out. And it's like, oh, wow, you're just putting that in print. Like, you're I willing to say like, that. Even if I felt that about Derek Wolf, I probably wouldn't put that out there. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. 
I like Derek Wolf. I had a good relationship with him when he was here in Denver, mm-hmm. but he is a scary individual. I uh, yeah. I mean, like that the the backstory, just the size, the the fact that he's an NFL defensive lineman for God's sake. Like so, yeah, everything the, about the, him is terrifying. The way I would put it is like Quinn Minerts. If you just saw him in a bar, you'd be like, I don't want to mess with that guy, you know? But then you talk to him. You're like, oh, this is a good dude. He's hilarious. Derek Wolf, you talk to him, and you want to mess with him less. Absolutely. I mean, that's – because, like, what was he good at, you know? Like, I feel like – Being mean and Exactly. It's just being mean. It's like, are you a good pass rusher? It's like, yeah, sort of. Just Not because you're, like – quick Vicious. twitch or anything it's yeah. like you're just mean just like the, the the like want to just like grab you and throw you and the ability as well yes. and the practice behind all that yes. yeah there's a at CU the the tight ends coach they have a whole bunch of young tight ends but one of the things he's preaching is there's some movie uh somebody somebody watching might know um but but it's like 500 street fights like once you get 500 street fights you become like a street fighter you're a tough guy and so like all these freshman tight ends are like yeah he says like if we just Go practice, fight these defensive ends 500 times. We'll be good at it. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it is kind of just reps. I don't think that, like, I love you, Hank, but I don't think 500 street fights would make you any better. You would just get your ass beat 500 times. Oh, you don't think street fight number 501 I would hold my own? (laughs) If you're, if it just, like, the people I imagine getting in street fights, like, no matter your practice, I just don't think you're beating them. Wait, we did a TikTok at DNVR once at who you would want to take in a fight the, to back you up in a street fight. Yeah. And uh, Hank, unsurprisingly, got a mention. Let's go. From who? It was uh, someone saying that he would need, like, the baby face would throw, I think it would was, throw things off. I think it was Eric saying that. No, I think it was Andre said he would choose Henry because Henry would like start doing bit comedy and end the fight so they <laughs> yes, wouldn't have to fight. Yes, yes, that's what it was. That's what it was. So see, that's what you do on your 501st fight. Yeah, maybe. It's really good. And then you <laughs> yeah, sneak attack. It's so funny. You will break down laughing. <laughs> it's really hard to fight if you're laughing. <laughs> Turns out it's not hard to putt. Speaking of, yes, yeah, 17th hole, Eric made like 20-footer yeah. for birdie while giggling intensely. <laughs> It was when we were comparing my clubhead speed to the worst PGA pros. Yep. Because that's what I clocked in at. They tracked it. Yeah, they tracked our clubhead speed on one of the holes. And Hank hit a bomb. 297-yard yeah. carry, wasn't it? 294 in the air. 294-yard carry. And then we saw the clubhead speed, and it was like, what, 113? 113. 113. We're like, that seems like he's moving it. And yeah. we started pulling up the PGA pros. Who are you right next to? Uh, I was just oh, behind Webb Simpson. Just behind Webb Simpson. Just in front of Ernie Els. <laughs> The funniest thing, if you ever watch a PGA event that involves Webb Simpson, the first thing the announcers say is like, yeah, he can't really hit it far, but man, does he toss those irons in there and putt well. Yeah. Yeah, we really got Eric going on that one. But see, that, that maybe that would be a good move. That's not what Derek Wolf does. No, Derek Wolf just beats your ass. Yeah. Um, how did we get here? We were going to talk about who's going to lead the Denver Broncos in tackles this year. And I think there's a leading candidate. Easily. In Josie Jewell. Easily. But... I think that it's not a foregone conclusion based on the fact that he's coming back from a serious injury. And we're just, I would say, crossing our fingers that he's the guy that he looked like in the first three weeks of last season, our first two weeks, however many he Definitely. played. Definitely. Definitely. But before you jump in, want to try to name the leading tacklers from last year? Who? Top three. There's a tie for third. There is so many injuries I in know. the tackling positions. <laughs> yes. All right, um, I'm going to say Justin got in the top three. He's number two, okay. 80 tackles. Okay, Justin Simmons at 80 tackles is number two. That's a big number for safety. Alex Singleton had what, like 120 or something Yeah, last something year? like that, something big. Um, okay, number – was there Alexander Johnson? No, he was hurt too. He was hurt. Was he there... had 32 tackles. Oh, my God. Was there any linebackers who played? There's like... one linebacker that's in there. He's tied for third. Jonas Griffith? No. <laughs> Where was... Uh, he was... Let's see, what was that? One, four, five, six, seven... He was eighth with 46. Oh, my God. Am I just... Is this a bad bad by me? Not really. Okay. I, I was surprised. This is why I wanted to do it, was for this guy in particular. Justin Cernad? <laughs> no, no. He's a... Uh, he... 
Yeah, okay. You can stop scrolling. Okay. <laughs> Who else played a bunch of snaps? I'm blanking entirely. Uh, number one, Kareem Jackson. Okay, well, I wasn't talking number oh, one. Well, I I, we were, oh, my God. I thought we were talking number three. Okay. You said there was a linebacker in the top three, so I was trying to get that. Well, well, I think I would have guessed Kareem after we eliminated whoever this was. Who is the third? Baron Browning. Oh, okay, that's on me. Yeah. But but still, like, you, I wouldn't have thought he would have gotten into the top three. Like, it didn't seem like he was doing that much. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Tied with Pat Sertan. That's not good. No, it isn't. Until, I mean, uh, only one tackle for loss. Yeah, it's yeah. not good at all. It's not good. That I mean, exactly. I'm proud of him. What did he have? Uh, 58, I think. That's a lot, man. Yeah. And it, I don't feel like a lot of those uh, – maybe a lot of that is just him <laughs> allowing a short catch in front of him and just not giving up anything more. Cause, I like, think so. He wasn't, like, chasing people down ever. No. Behind him, Ronald Darby with 53, then Kyle Fuller with 51. So Baron Browning is the highest linebacker. Yeah. Can't, I mean, does he have any case? We don't even know where he's playing. I mean, they are. They keep telling us he's playing outside. Yeah. And then they're they're like comparing him to Von Miller. And that's the thing, though, is like it's it's this weird. Uh, Baron Browning is a good football player. We know he's a good inside linebacker. They say he's a great outside linebacker, so they want to play him outside. There's. As a great outside linebacker, like, is it even worth it? Especially if you're taking those snaps from Nick Benito, if it is worth it to move him out there. Like, it's such a strange conversation. Like, do we play him where he's at his best and try to develop him, or do we just give him a better chance to get out on the field? I mean, the positional value of a very good pass rusher is so much better than mm -hmm. a very good inside linebacker that if they're really convinced about this and they're right, yeah, they make the right move by having Baron Browning be an outside linebacker. But remember... It is such a crowded room mm -hmm. where you also just use your top draft pick and your top free agent acquisition on that position. So, like, in a perfect world, your highest draft pick and your best, your your most expensive free agent acquisition pan out, and that's your <laughs> pass rush duo for the next, you know, three years. Totally. I mean, you wonder what the snap counts are going to be like because there's going to be some level of rotation. It seems like Chubb is usually, at like, 70% of the downs played. So if you... The, the thing is, like, you're probably taking Gregory off for the pass rushing downs, giving those to Benito, if it's Chubb and Benito, and then maybe in that true 3-4 early downs, you have Baron Browning and Randy Gregory, or Gregory, like, splitting the pass rushing stuff with Benito a little bit. I'd love to ask Zach if we've seen Bradley Chubb down at all. Yeah. In the, like, could you play Draymond... DJ Jones and Bradley Chubb with Browning, Gregory, you know, Jonas and Josie. And I would lean toward Gregory with his hand in the dirt over Chubb. Over Chubb. But I mean, I could be I could totally be wrong about that too. I just, I mean, we just know that he's done that the last couple years. He has. But he's I still excited to Chubb and I like look I just feel like he can hold his own. He should be able to. Yeah. Didn't Chubb play D-end in college? He yeah. He kind of played everything. Like, they lined him up. But he did have his hand in the dirt a lot. Yeah. And, and coming in, I mean, I, I thought his best fit would just be as a 4-3 defensive end. Yeah. And they, they kind of coached him up differently. And I mean, when he's been on the field, it's worked out. It's, I mean, that's, that's just such, it's hard to project tackles, especially because you don't Gizme from the outside anyway. And with all those injuries and the rotations, who knows? So let's move on to this question of who is going to lead the Broncos this year. My thing with Josie and why I think it might not be him, or this could be the answer as to why it is going to be him. The question to me is who is the guy who stays when they go to diamond nickel downs? And I think unless Jonas Griffith shows an extremely high football IQ, I think you probably just stay with Josie. Because you know that he's not going to make a big mistake. Yep. And you're just like, hey, Josie, we need you to just cover this little area here. Don't, you know, don't guess on anything. Don't make any mistakes. <laughs> and he ends up being the guy who stays in those passing downs on the field. But Jonas Griffith profiles so perfectly for that yep. role that if he breaks through then I think he's the one who stays on the field. And I think 
he's the one who ends up leading the team on tackles. It's really hard. I mean, it seems like in a vacuum, what you'd want to do on just in just true passing situations is just put the better, more athletic cover linebacker out there. But I mean, we got in the chat the green dot. Like the that is dot. that is a huge factor. Like if not you, in this conversation because the Justin green dot's going Simmons. to Justin Simmons. Uh, that's good to know. I was I was just about to say there's one guy who's on the field every play and should be. And that's Justin, Justin. Simmons. So yes. that makes sense they do that. And like, you worry e about the kind of interconnectedness of the front seven and back seven when you give that to a safety. Ivaro gave it to a safety last year as well. Uh, I don't. Seem to work out for him. Uh, who who was even their safety group? I know Weddle came in for the was, playoffs. But. I think it was Troy Hill, right? Or is he not? Is he still on the Rams? Man, I don't know. Um, but I do know that that's the way he likes to do it. Um, and yeah, I've always, you, you, I like that Joe's or uh, sorry, uh, Justin's going to have to be very vocal to get, you know, essentially get the message to the, to the defensive line. He's going to have to be coming forward and <laughs> you know, whatever. But I think he's the most, he's the highest IQ on the field. Easily. He's the player who should be on every single down and has been, you know, in, in years past. And then I thought as soon as I heard that news, that kind of opened the door for me as. Ah, they want a little more flexibility mm -hmm. with what linebacker they bring out there on, on third down. And again, like, it's flexibility, though. It's not like now we get to get Josie off the field. It's the ability to pick and choose in situations or based on matchups. Like, it, it might be kind of counterintuitive, but when you play the Chiefs, I think it'd be really easy to say put four rushers on the line of scrimmage, put Josie out there as your tackler. That run game's done. And that's Should five be. players you've what used. What run game? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, you don't need to commit all that much. That other linebacker cannot even look in the backfield. And then all of a sudden, you've freed up six different people, another linebacker, the safeties, the corners, and they can all just sit back because you have Josie and because he does so much in the running game. And so while it's easy to look at the more passing-type situations, now, like a third and 14, you don't even have to look at the run game anyway, but on a, a second and eight, second and nine, it is nice to be able to throw Josie out there and say, okay, handle the run put Sternad or Jonas Griffith or whoever next to him, Caden Stearns next to him if you want, and we're going to be just fine against the pass and the run. I think I think there's a lot of options there, and I like that mm -hmm. versatility by not having the green dot there. Uh, interesting comment from Jose who says the top tackler for the Rams was a safety, uh, and four out of the top six were DBs. Linebacker that, rotation? They had injuries too, right? Yeah, and that also brings Kareem into the, into the fold for me. Now, it could also be Justin. Um, but I think I can see Evero looking at Kareem as a more of a weapon than a traditional safety and just saying like, mm -hmm. he has so much speed to the ball that you can just put him anywhere yep. and let him go wreak havoc. I mean, yep. you could, if you really loved Caden Stearns, you could put Kareem down mm -hmm. as the linebacker Yeah. Uh, in, in diamond nickel or put him in K1. Kwan Williams spot yes. play more nickel even against heavier looks from the offense, and, and that's what you love about Kareem. It's why I love Kareem. Is yeah. he's essentially a a really really fast linebacker in a small body. Yes, and it, it seems like every year we're talking about like oh you know is it Caden Stearns who gets a start over Kareem? Is it whoever is it time for Kareem to go to the bench? And and it feels silly to do it again because every time Kareem is just an every down player for the Broncos. But at this point, he's 34, so how can you not have that conversation again? And if you were trying to bet on who the leading tackler is going to be for the team, the fact that he is 34 and you might want to save his legs a little bit and you might want to get Caden Stearns more reps in there, you wonder if, if that takes his you know 88 tackles from last year and turns that into 65. Yep. All right, I'm going to get us to go on record about who it's going okay. to be in a second. But first, I want to remind you guys, come down here, hang out at the DNVR bar on Avs Game Days. We know there's tonight. You've still got a couple hours to get down here mm -hmm. uh, and squeeze in. You know, I always say get in where you fit in, wherever you can. There's always room if you have enough imagination. Um, also, come down Friday. That's going to hopefully be the the one, the one that is going to be the, the biggest party here. Uh, hopefully, the Avs take care of business tonight, and that has a chance to be a clincher. What's crazy is even if they don't win tonight, then that game becomes so important oh. that it's going to be even crazier in here. So um, I think 
Friday, if you can't make it down tonight, is going to be an incredible night at the DNVR bar. And when you come down, make sure you're drinking Breck Brews. We've got eight on tap here. We've also uh, got good company hard seltzers, all that other good stuff that you love from Breckenridge Brewery. But when you're a member, you're going to get member-sized Breck Brews, mm -hmm. 22 ounces for the price of 16. It is a great deal. They're big. They're delicious. They're ice cold. So come down to the DNVR bar and get that. And also, usually Zach's here to help me with this DraftKings Sportsbook, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where you can bet five to win $150 on any NHL Stanley Cup final game. So you bet on $5 on the Avs money line. Whether they win or lose, hopefully they win, you're going to get $150 in free bets to use and jumpstart your account. Uh, those get paid out in $25 free bets, so you just get a bunch of $25 free bets to toss around on whatever you like. I think it's a great way to get started betting. Um, Hank, you got what? Are you, what's your favorite pick of the night? Oh, I hadn't checked yet. Um, I'm just maybe going just regulation. Avs, Avs money line. Forget okay. regulation. Just give me the dub. Yeah, I feel like that's the way to go. Especially because I think it's minus 115. Last I checked, so you're still getting good value. That is good value. Um, I kind of I think Kale goes crazy tonight. Like Cadre's back, a Cadre goal could be a fun bet. Oh, that could be fun. Is that official? I don't think it's official. Okay. Uh, but either way, make sure you get in on the action at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, of course, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. And again, make sure to use that code DNVR when you sign up over at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, Henry. Let's handicap this first. Okay. Josie's minus 200. Yeah. Who's next? It's the injuries that concern you. Like, could injuries move that to minus 150? I'll go minus 200. Um, uh, with, with those concerns that I brought up with Kareem and just, like, how much is he on the field, I think Justin Simmons might be the next option. I think that's, I think that's a good bet, but I think that's all the way up, like, plus 150. Yeah. Yeah, I and think I so, I think too. that's where the value would be. Probably. Especially because of Jose's comment about how a safety led them in tackles last year. It's definitely not a bad sign. From there is where it feels like it opens up. Like, you could throw Kareem in there. I don't think you could put Caden Stearns in there. I still think there's just no, too no. much of a gap there. Um, like, Alex Singleton. Could he just wind up being the other linebacker? I think there's a real chance that, like, maybe we're overvaluing Jonas Griffith a little bit and undervaluing. Because, I mean, Alex Singleton, Josie Jewell, those are the kinds of linebackers that get undervalued tackles. like like outsiders are just like ah you know he's not all that fast he doesn't do whatever but then you talk to a football coach and the football coach is like oh yeah that guy he gets football like and you wonder if singleton's out there a bunch. and to be fair we know we learned the hard way last season why coaches love those linebackers yes because you saw you know justin sternad and barrington wade and all these other guys really struggle to be in the right spots mm -hmm. it's crazy how about and, and i mean hank you've been watching cu football like is when Nate Landman came off the field, this is a guy who was in the right spot on every play, almost yeah. unequivocally, and he he gets injured, and you're putting, you throw anyone in there, and all of a sudden they're in the wrong spot too fast, yeah, and they're turning their head because the running backs going the other way. So there is a lot of value in in linebackers who just know exactly where to be. Totally. And Singleton and Josie are absolutely in that crowd. I would I think it goes Josie. Justin, Kareem, and then uh, you might have to put uh, – you probably have to put Jonas Griffith there, but Singleton's uh. right behind him. Jonas, he's gotten, like, praise from the coaches, mm -hmm. you know, all that, all the stuff that you would point to to say he's going to be in there. But Singleton, man, I mean, he led the, the Eagles in tackles the last two years straight. Yeah, oh, yeah, easily. The dude is a tackling machine. So if he's on the field, he will be making tackles. Absolutely. I mean – Especially, like, again, knock on wood when you say things like this, but if you don't have jo Josie for whatever portion of the season, Alex Singleton is just a plug-and-play Josie right there. You know, that that is very clearly who fits into that role. And, I mean, maybe in that world you look to Alexander Johnson, and I would look at Alexander Johnson in free agency regardless. But when you have somebody, I mean, what, 137 tackles last year, 120 the year before that. Like, those are just – can't compete with those numbers. Yeah, it's hard to rate him so low. Yeah, exactly. That. Like, exactly. But you would think he has has to have an injury to get the playing time because you're he's taking it from Josie. So Probably. 
and I mean, it's they they have so many options that it makes it tough to say who's going to be on the field. I mean, if you play Derrick Henry, do you just show up in a straight 3-4 with Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell in the middle and say, like, we, we've got buckle down, make this happen? Even even against, like, the, the Colts, a, a game plan like that might be the way to go. Um, even, like I said with Josie, even when your thought is we need more coverage, more pass defenders, bringing in one or even two run defenders – and saying like, okay, everybody up front, don't worry about the run. Just get into the backfield. We're gonna man up behind with his. Uh, there's there's a bunch of different ways that you can set things up. So, I I think we're gonna see plenty of Alex Singleton. Interesting. I think you're higher. I, I don't want to say higher on him because I I really love the player uh, for what he is. He's like yeah. amazing at what he is. He tackles guys. Yes. Like he does not miss tackles. The He's tackles, a I mean, how many were these? Four, four behind the line of scrimmage last year. That's not a great rate for a, a guy who has 137 tackles, but like he does what he does. He's going to find the spot to where you are and take you down. Josie Light. Yes, 100%. Uh, How light is the question? I mean, he was... He looked light he when he was here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not in like a bad way. Just like, oh, wow. I kind of expected to see like a thumper tackle yeah. guy and he looks like an athlete. That is one of the other thing though. Like all these guys, they know what their strengths and weaknesses are. Totally. Like, they go into the offseason with a plan. Like the entire Buffs linebacking crew was like, we got to lose weight. It's like, I've never I've been saying that. wanted to play in the Canadian Football League more than when Alex Singleton described his time there. He made it sound like <laughs> the best thing ever. I mean, like, he was saying without saying it might be better to play in the CFL than the NFL. Yeah, but I mean, some of the, the perks, like when he says, like, yeah, everybody just gets along. Everybody wants to hang out. We're all, like, growing the league because it's kind of small. You know, the, the range of salaries is, like, 60 to 100K. And it's like, so we're all kind of right there. In the NFL, where there might not be that camaraderie, but there's also like ten times as much money. Oh, totally. That's like why that he's aspect. Here. Exactly. Right. Where it's like if you could just go to a really nice bar every night instead of hanging out with football players in the basement of whatever bar, it'd be cool. Yeah. I don't know. I just would say maybe player like more players should be jumping to the CFL at the end of their career, just for like a couple fun years on the yeah. way out. Totally. Or is, just retire and save your body. Isn't there a limit in the CFL for how many Americans you're allowed to have on a roster, though? There might be. I think there is. What, they're putting Canadians on the roster? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta grow the game. I don't think so. Gotta grow the game. Every player I've ever, like, every time I've ever watched a Canadian football league game, I know all the players. I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy flamed out after being good at Oregon. Or, like, maximum of 20 Americans. Okay, so that makes sense. So they're 20 best players. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Except maybe like there's some linemen, like some big, big bulky guys and all that. Like they are strong. I think in the KBO, they had a maximum of one American. See, that's too far. That feels targeted. Do you, uh, I'm not going to do this. Like, this seems like I'm opening up a, a jar, a, a bad jar. But like, <laughs> what if we said that? Like you can only have so many Europeans on your basketball team. <laughs> that, that, I have a feeling there'd be a lot of people who'd be very upset. If that, okay, like that's just that. what I was pointing. Like, yeah, that's kind of weird. That is fair. Again, though, like with the CFL, it's like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta give Canadian kids a reason to play the game. Like you're like, yeah, dude, you have a chance to make a team because they already have their maximum Americans. They have to take some scrubs. From <laughs> they, they have to take bad players. So there's a window for you. Saskatchewan scrubs. Um, all right. Let's uh, uh, take your pick. Forget about the odds. It's all straight up. Who leads the lead, Who leads the team in tackles? I've got to go Josie. Okay. I've got to go Josie. I'm going to go Justin. And I think it's going to be because of the scheme. Yeah. Um, I, I think that Ivaro looks at Justin, gives him the dot, and just says like, "You're the ca you're the catalyst of this defense. You're the everything operates around you. Everything is being funneled towards you." Yep. You know, and obviously you you're hoping that it's not funneling towards you know 15 yards downfield, but in this in the sense of like, you have the freedom to go wherever you want. Yeah, and it really, I mean, with the Vic Fangio defense, all of it is like, pack the middle in, make bounce all the runs outside which is better for the safeties. Yeah. And you have, like, Josie and Singleton who, like, are good spreading back out there and getting to the edge. But, and that does lead towards safeties making tackles. For sure. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Justin. I think Justin has a career year this year. Leads the team in tackles and interceptions. I think I'm with you. Um, Ronald Darby doesn't really intercept Pat. yeah. passes. It, uh, Pat Sertan's not getting thrown at. He's getting thrown at ever. early. He's getting thrown at early. Why would they do that? Uh, I mean, he's. I think in Denver, we look at him and say, that is a Pro Bowl cornerback. I think around the league, they probably say, that's a top 15 cornerback. And he kind of has to prove it just a little bit more to get up to that level. So I, I, it's not that I think teams are going to be like, oh, we got to throw it, Pat. I think that they're going to run an offense. And, I mean, what, week one against the Seahawks? Yeah, like I don't think that they're out there thinking like, oh, we can't throw it DK. Pat's right there, you know, or Tyler Lockyer, whoever he's on, you know. And I think they're wrong as well. I would love but to I, see that. I think there's interceptions early on. I really want to see Drew Locke. Testing Pat Sertan. <laughs> That's what I want. I want that in my oh. life very badly. Uh, I love going down and the I have no, Drew Locke uh, you, rabbit hole. You know, anyone who listens to this show knows I have no ill will against totally. Drew Locke. I think when he started, he was a better starter than Teddy was last year. Yeah, and well, you just opened a can of worms in the comments that we didn't want to <laughs> deal with today. Sorry, Kale. We came uh, off the bench terrible. Yeah. But when he got to start those games. I, I don't care. Uh, Russell Wilson's <laughs> Broncos quarterback, but I just want it like I want I I want the absolute worst for the Seahawks in Week One. I, everyone else, you know, Drew, Noah, um, Shelby, go flourish after Week One. But I hope that I Drew throws seven picks, all the Pat Sertan trying to test him, and you know Noah Fant drops a pass that goes off his hands, and Justin Simmons takes it back for six, like. Uh. I want to win the trade 10 times over in that game alone. I mean, I think outside of Shelby, every one of those guys is in a better situation than they were in with the Broncos. Like, Drew Locke competing with Geno instead of working with Pat Shermer and under Teddy and all that yeah. sort of stuff. He's better off and Noah fan easily. Like, yeah. they run downfield routes there. Like, if, they, if you watch Noah Fant run three yards and so break it, and you're like, like oh, pre- my God, he's not even good at that. But you're not thinking Noah with with Russ. You're no, thinking no, Noah. No, yeah. no. He would prefer to be with Russ, and yeah. he would be right. Yeah. No, but, I mean, compared to last year, I think outside of Shelby, but, again, Shelby gets to be a little bit more of a centerpiece on that defense. Maybe there's an argument. Outside of Shelby, they're both in better places, and I think I'm a, I'm, I'm rooting for them. I don't, I don't want those three to get embarrassed week one. Everybody else I want to get embarrassed, and then I can pull for them going forward after that. Hmm. Not I that I will really care. Won the trade as many times as possible. Won the trade. I'm going to tweet uh, it 40 times in that game. Yeah, I mean. Twitter's going to do that thing where it's going to say, sorry, you already sent that. <laughs> yes, I love that one. Uh, I'm like, yeah. I know, Twitter. I'm doing a bit here. That's going to be so fun. Um, the comment section froze, so uh, we, we don't have to see the, no. the Drew versus Teddy stuff. Um, okay, uh, let's move on here. Give a shout-out to Sexy Pizza, who has been delivering pregame pizzas for the DNVR Avalanche guys. The thing is, like, you, are, you and I are kind of – we're, like, in the – They bring four. We're – so they're on deck. Like, we're in the batter circle while they're on deck. Totally. Batter's – what do you call what am, the batter's box on deck in the circle in the hole in, in the hole is when you're standing at the top of the stairs yeah but i i called it a batter's circle which is not it. it's yeah, a batter's box you, i i'm honestly kind of proud of us for forgetting baseball terms in this town <laughs> like this is what should be happening in, in denver i really thought i would be one of the people that's like you know what i still love the rockies and Ugh. i just don't have the energy for it yeah like you i do s- still love the rockies like they have a place yeah, totally. in my heart. They don't have a place on my television set. And I'm not – you just don't get excited about them, you know? Yeah. Like, like they're never going to be – I, you never watch a game and you're like, oh, I'm going to remember that one. It's like, no. Like, maybe somebody does something cool. Maybe Charlie has a walk-off grand slam. But none of it, at the end of the day, really matters at all in the world of sports. I do what I call, like, Twitter following. I Twitter follow the Rockies. And, like, if a bunch of people tweet, like, oh, this game's crazy, then I'll turn it on. Yeah. I don't – I've – I haven't even turned it on, but that's because I don't yeah, have TV. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. Yeah, they're like Chad Cool is killing it right now. I'm like, all right, I'll turn that on. Wait, Chad Cool? Oh yeah, Chad Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll turn that on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, sounds cool. Um, 
All right. Anyways, sexy pizza. Hopefully, uh, we can like nestle some of those slices. What? There's like four of them that are gonna be on here. They'll bring four pizzas at least. Come on. Well, we're we're getting some pizza. Uh, and if you want some sexy pizza in your life tonight, use the code DNVRAVS when you order for fifteen percent off. Ooh. Uh, which is a great deal. I recommend. I think there's like a pepperoni and green chili, or a sausage and green mm -hmm. chili, maybe both. Uh, get that. It is so so good. Yep. Uh, so check out our friends over at Sexy Pizza, uh, and make sure you use that code DNVRAVS for 15% off your pies tonight. All right. No super chats that I know of. So let's jump into the comments from our listeners on the website right now. And give me one sec. It's another one of those things that Zach's really good at. Uh, first one comes <laughs> in from Monster Mayhem. Ooh. Never been a hockey fan in my life, but listening to you guys has opened my eyes to it. Yes. Cheering on the abs for the remainder and maybe from here on out. Broncos are kings in Denver, but this is definitely a sports town. Hashtag girls before squirrels. We've had a Girl, lot of squirrel talk I've on heard, the pod recently. I've heard. I, I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah you're, yeah, you're enjoying the squirrel stuff? Yeah, it is crazy, though. Like, everywhere thinks that they have special squirrels. Like, you know what? You know what? The, the truth is, all squirrels are special. Maybe that's what we found out. All squirrels are special. Yep. But if you go to every college campus in the country, the first week of school, pick up the student newspaper, there will be a story about the squirrels. Like, it's the first thing that happens every year at every yep. student newspaper. It's like, oh, the squirrels are so fat here. Like, you're not going to believe it. Squirrel stories. They're all into the squirrels. And it's every single campus. And I commented this before, but I remember I was down in Minnesota for my sister's graduation. My dad's like, oh, you're not going to believe the squirrels. Everybody talks about the squirrels here. Like, it's like What school I, is this? Carleton College. Okay. Yeah. But, like, I just didn't have the heart to tell him, like, no, these are just squirrel. squirrels. These are just squirrels. Guess why they're here? There's a lot of kids here. Kids make messes. They eat outside and they drop crumbs everywhere. Yeah, it's heaven <laughs> for squirrels. We get it. It's a college campus. Like, it's, if you're uh, a squirrel, where would you live? Wow. See, the thing is, like, you can't you can't choose a beach. You have fur. Like, you need something yeah. like temperate, moderate at yes. least. You know, I so think maybe Boulder's the spot. Maybe Boulder's uh, squirrel. Boulder's heaven. hot now, though. I mean, but it's not bad. Like, it's in the running. Like, you don't want anything up in Minnesota. Madison? I mean, uh, even uh, too if, cold if you could get just a little bit south of there. Um, like Stanford. I think s the Stanford squirrels have oh, it going. They do Beach views, got a nice little breeze, 50 Damn. degrees year-round, whatever. I don't know what happens. Palo Alto there. squirrels are living it up. Yeah. All right. Uh, appreciate you, Monster Mayhem, and go abs. Also, I think Monster, Ma Monster Mayhem, I think that's like a casino game. Oh. I think if you go into like one of those gas station casinos, like it's, it's a Kino game. Really? I think yeah. I think I've won a bunch of money on Monster Mayhem. I'm really anti like slots or anything that involves a computer. Uh, yeah, I mean, and that's totally the right thought to have. But then you start playing, and Bro. it's like you can get into the bonus, and it starts multiplying. You're like, you you can win a bunch of money without losing. Spencer much. Spencer is obsessed with this like big wheel game. And I always tell him what an idiot he is, and then he wins like a thousand dollars, and I'm like, I yeah. I can't tell him that anymore. Yeah. From ne next one's from Broncos only, who says hi Zach and RK or maybe Henry. Um, I've been banking my portion of a communal comment time for a while. This I is a concept it. in my own head to limit sharing drivel to an amount <laughs> in proportion to my financial contribution to this community. I'm going to spend a month's <laughs> worth now with two quick items. <laughs> I love this. It's like nine dollars ish. Yeah. Uh, no, less than that, I guess. Like six, $6 worth. Um, number one, I wanted to share that one of my sports attendance Hall of Fame moments was going to Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Finals in 2001 between Colorado and New Jersey. Colorado won the game 3-1 and the Series 4-3. I was in New York City already, so the margin it cost me, the price of the ticket, and bus fare. The game featured Ray Bork's final goal of his career. Wow. If that may name means anything to you, it was awesome. Yes, that name means a lot to us. It sure does. Um... <laughs> Number two, I'm in London, England right now on vacation, Ooh. and honestly, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. To each their own, but for me, the highlight of my day is finally resting my head on the pillow and listening to the Daily Pod. <laughs> if you guys come over for the game, I'm sure you'll have an awesome time. I guess I have a passion for just one things now, Broncos only. Well, I'm not a huge traveler myself. It actually pisses my girlfriend off. She's like, oh, you want to go there? You want to go there? It's like, we have color, like want to go golfing instead like why not yeah. just hang out here like i don't need to go to a beach to have a good time my apartment has a pool like i don't even go to that 
But yeah, yeah like London, either. like what do you do? You walk around, Bro, like you see the old shit. Don't talk down on London right now. I, I thought. I mean, he he started. It. I know. I, let's end it. Uh, we have a lot of listeners over there. I, do look. they have? They don't have good food though. Is the thing. Like if you want to like go around, hit the bars. Like the bars would be fun. I just wonder about the food. I Although love Indian pie, food, like, and I've heard that Indian food in England is really good. Yo, yeah, I disagree with you, Hank. I've been to London twice and had amazing meals both times. Really? Yeah. Mm. It just, I don't know. I think the Americans kind of got food right. We took the best from mm -hmm. everywhere, made it our own. I, you Okay, I, I think, just went to Domino's three days ago. <laughs> this is up. the best place in the country. Henry, in the world. taking food advice from Henry, definitely not a good idea. The grilled cheese at the I DMVR will say, bar. The fact that, like, and maybe this is true of London. I don't know. I've never been to a big city in another country. Mm -hmm. um, so, but, like, I love the fact that you could get, within one mile of here, you could get food from maybe any country in the world. Isn't that nice? It's great. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm not anti-London, but I uh, do wonder, like. I'm really excited to see it. I, I have no expectations. So, like, all my expectations are that I'm going to be drunk and have a good time, and that's in my control. That is true. So, Weather's gonna be shit. Don't care. Okay. Um, it's <laughs> good stuff from Broncos only though. Made us laugh. Yes. From Melbourne Bronco, my boys. Yes, drop bears are a myth. Us Aussies <laughs> love having fun with tourists and spreading the myth. Although koalas seem cute, and some are in zoos, you can even have they a cuddle with them. But in the wild, they're nasty, chlamydia-ridden, stinky creatures. Oh. And squirrels were introduced here over a hundred years ago, but were wiped out by feral cats and native wildlife. Cheers and go abs. That's pretty badass wow. of Australia that, like, certain species can't jive there because there's too many predators. Yeah, that is dope. But also, koalas have chlamydia? That's where that comes from? You know, I don't want to go... I don't want to mentally go down that road. Um, I mean, most... Uh, this could be wrong. I believe most diseases come from animals at some point, and then they get to us... Did chlamydia start with koalas? You know, that's probably a conversation for a different podcast. That's probably a conversation with Melbourne Bronco. Hey, I'm going to shut you off right here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that's, yes. we're going to save that for DNVR apps pregame. <laughs> um, anyways, koalas, I, like, they look really cute until they like open their mouths. I don't think they talk. I don't even think they make sounds. <laughs> I just mean their mouths are creepy. Really? Yeah. Okay, I got. I mean, I'll Google real quick. Koala mouth. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> All right. Oh shit! <laughs> everybody, everybody who's watching or listening to this, Google koala mouth. <laughs> Look at this. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's just it's a bunch of the, pictures of koalas yawning. They, they are. Yeah. They. I mean. I don't know what I expected. They were kind of narrow in the front. They were kind of beaverish with those little them. teeth. Yeah, look at like yeah that one right in the middle there with like the brown background. Yeah, like the teeth. They have teeth here and then back there, but they don't have anything to connect them. Yeah, like where the incisors go. It's a bit much. Um, yeah, I mean, Kale could have brought that up. You'd think he would, but <laughs> whatever. Sorry, I didn't want to scar our audience. No, it's honestly not <laughs> scarring. It's just funny. It's incredible. <laughs> all drop bears. Now that was scarring. That yeah. Dan Burke says, "Hey guys, so I know a few things will probably change in camp, but how do you think the receiver room shakes out as things stand today? Do they keep five, six, or seven? Which guys make it? Does someone get traded like Trinity Benson did, etc.? All right. So I want to talk about all the givens first. Cool. Yep. Corlin Sutton, obvious. Tim Patrick, obvious. Uh, Jerry Judy, obvious. And I'm going to say Montrell Washington is an absolute stone-cold lock. And then I'll throw in K.J. Hamler as like a 99% lock. I mean, he's he was a second-round pick two years ago. Yeah. Like, he's an absolute lock. I, I'm so, not there on Montrell. He's he's on. He's on the team. He's he's uh, going to be the returner. What, to, I mean, if he drops two punts in, in a preseason game... Which a rookie could absolutely do. Like I don't think he's a lock. I think I think he's a very clear favorite to be number five. Literally, I think they're like, definitely planning on bringing a returner on. George Payton just like took one of his precious draft picks and handed it to Dwayne Stukes and said, yeah. "Do whatever you want with this." It's not like the most precious of the draft picks, though. He thinks every draft pick is precious. Uh, we're we're talking about like rubies, not diamonds. Fair enough. All I know is that he allowed Dwayne Stukes to make that pick. 
Mm -hmm. And I don't think he's going to cut him. I don't think so either. I do think that those are the five, and everybody else kind of has an uphill battle. So, Kendall Hinton, I think, makes the team. Yeah. Then um, you've got Seth Williams gone. Yeah. Um, he made a couple plays. Tyree Cleveland, he's hurt, but not as bad as it originally looked. But I still think he, you're probably not going to get his A game gone, in my opinion. None of those guys that do enough for me to say, like, I'm going to keep seven, which is way – like, you're you're extending yourself at the position if you keep seven. The only way I would say Tyree makes it is if he's healthy enough to show that he's the best gunner on the team. Yeah. And he can be. Um, so that's the way I would think of it, but I would almost be putting him in, like, the specialist role um, the same way I'm putting Montreal Washington. But I think the number is six. Yeah. I, I do think the number is six. I, I think that – I probably give Seth Williams a little bit better chance to beat out Kendall Hinton than you do, um, but I, I still think that Kendall Hinton's like the clear option. If they were to trade somebody, though, it would probably be Hinton. I don't think they touch any of the big four just because none of them are proven enough to. Yeah, Hinton would be the Trinity Benson. Exactly. Um, but, I think that'd probably be a good move to make. Yeah. From Denver Rivals says, hey, guys, I just wanted to say that Denver Rivals is four days away. I hope the Avs win in five so the DMDR fam are free to support on June 26th. With the corpse flower blooming, it guarantees the Broncos will have a winning record. Last time it bloomed was 2016, the year after the Broncos won the Super Bowl, and they went 9-7 and seven that season. So I guess that means we'll go at least 9-8 and eight or better. Go Broncos and DMVR fam support uh, Denver Rivals. What a great stat. That is. Broncos winning record. We got to go back. To see what it was the last time it blew. Yeah, but I mean, if if we're saying like nine and seven, good omen. I mean, they were basically nine and seven or better, all the way back through the '80s. Like there were some that weren't, but but pretty close to it, for sure. They you'd think those would be mostly hits. Next one's Mile High Buckeye, my boys. First off, I love how off the rails you guys have gotten the last few days. Um, Holy Diver in the comments disagrees. He just left because of that. Uh, it's great content and gets me through the work day. <laughs> also, as a Columbus Blue Jackets fan, I wanted to let you guys know I've been pulling for the Avs throughout the playoffs. A lot of former Blue Jackets have gone through the Mile High City, including Jack Johnson, Ryan Murray, and my guy, Maddie Calvert. Everyone loves Matt Calvert. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you guys bring home the cup. On the topic of squirrels, yes. There are two <laughs> major species of squirrels in the U.S. The Eastern Gray, which is smaller in gray in color, and the Fox Squirrel, larger and reddish-brown in color. Uh -huh. The Fox Squirrels are typically more bold and will stand up to humans and bark at people. Regarding the black and white squirrels, both species appear uh, can appear black or white, but they are rare in cases. Uh, the white ones are albino, which are is a rare double recessive trait. The black squirrels, eastern gray or fox, have high melanism and are exceedingly rare since the gene is double recessive. Only squirrels with a black coat can produce offspring with black coats. This is why they only appear in certain areas, towns, campuses, a park, etc. The groups are all related to each other. Much love, guys. Looking forward to the football season. And go Avs, Alex. You think if it... So, black squirrels, obviously the best squirrel. Fair? Uh, yeah, for sure. So, does that mean Top all the squirrel. other squirrels want to get with the black squirrel? Or do they? Do you wind up with the black squirrels primarily breeding with black squirrels to keep the, the black squirrels going? I don't know. This seems, a, this is like, seems a little on the edge for me. Is it? <laughs> I think we're fine. I think that they probably... Do you think squirrels even see... Like, do they have eyes that can decipher color? Kale... Do squirrels see color? Um, I, that is a really good question. I will question. look it up. But I do think, I mean, if you, you just got to put yourself in the mind of a brown squirrel. <laughs> you totally, those black squirrels are so cool. They look so much cooler. You're By like, far. wow, I would love my offspring to look like a combination of between a black panther and a squirrel. Yes, absolutely. I, I do think that you probably see more black squirrels getting it on than the, the brown ones. Squirrels mm, the can see color, but they are all red-green colorblind. Have you seen? They'll show like so the... They're, uh, they're not really seeing the reddish-brown in the fox squirrels. Interesting. But there's like the the color... They'll, they'll show you like the color spectrum, but what different animals see. Oh, that And so it's great. like dogs can only see these colors. The others are just like gray or whatever. I wonder... Those are really cool. I'd love to see a squirrel one, I guess, is all that I'm is saying. Really I'll do cool. that on my own time, though. Vic Lombardi is colorblind, and it's really fun to mess with him about it. Really? Yeah. I'm going to keep that in mind. Yeah. He sometimes goes to the wrong tee boxes. So I've heard. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, Virginia Beach Bronco says, over the years, my boys, uh, I have been listening to the DNVR pod and BSN pod. We never 
know when a classic will, bro uh, will drop. What we're referring to as the squirrel episode has now been listened to twice through. <laughs> when, at, uh, when at the end, RK offers, quote, heat as the reason for squirrel's hostile behavior. <laughs> and Zach immediately says, trying to mate with you. We all lose it. Yeah. Thank you for that. I That did give you some images. It gave, gave me some images when I was listening. The Caught that one. In, yeah. The squirrel episode. The funny thing about those episodes is that turns into squirrel week. It, totally. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. What a great time for me to be on this show. Because more squirrel talk produces more squirrel comments. Guarantee you there will be more tomorrow. I got Lucia's zoo animal rankings. Oh. In terms of, like, you know, favorite to least favorite. It goes monkeys, pretzels, zebras. <laughs> okay. She really loves the pretzels there. Wow. That's like, you can maybe think like a uh, sloth. Is the most pretzel-like animal? Whoa. Honestly, maybe a squirrel. <laughs> Color-wise. Yeah, like, that has the color, kind of like a smallish size, like snack size, you know, not like a meal. And then, like, the way it twists, like, I feel like the way squirrels I'm thinking move. of, like, a sloth hanging on, like, a branch, kind of <laughs> looking like a pretzel. I was thinking about a squat <laughs> sloth hanging on the branch, eating a pretzel, and started <laughs> laughing. Um, oh, God, this Pretzel-like animals. Yeah, I know. I think those are the two. By the way, Lucia is Andre's daughter, if you didn't uh, know who yeah. Hank was talking about there. It's weird how, like, a brown snake should very easily be the most pretzel-like, but nothing about that feels like a pretzel. <laughs> so true. No pretzel-like qualities. At all. Yeah. Also, are there even like a, just like a golden oh, brown snake? There's a lot of them. Yeah. Okay. I think rat rattlesnakes can be brownish. But they have a lot of other patterns. They do. But get, isn't it wild? Like, snakes have those awesome patterns in them, and I'm still just like, nope, all of them should be gone. Yep. Yeah. I don't feel that way about snakes, but I understand why people are freaked out by They're them. They're gross. They're like one of the most alien-like things. Yeah, it, they're they're freaky. The way they move is so fascinating and dope to me. Um, other people, not for them. All right, <clears throat> let's uh, probably wrap there. Yeah, let's leave it at that. Like a pretzel. Yes, yeah, so let's just wrap that one end over the other. Twist, twist a little bit. Twist yeah. a little bit, and call that a show for us. This has been fun. Appreciate you guys again. Shout out to Hope Kids for hosting us out at their golf tournament today. We had an absolute blast. And look out. Uh, hopefully, we're going to come up with an, a, a, a great idea to partner with them and make an awesome event so we can help raise money for them as well. Um, but for today, that's going to wrap it up for us. Stay tuned for the DNVR Avs pregame show coming all along here just in about 30 minutes. Uh, and come down to the DNVR bar. Go Avs. We'll talk to you tomorrow.